When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Rolling on on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. We're recapping it with you. The good, the bad, and the ugly from uh, a couple days. And, yeah, what a difference to the weather made one day to the next, right? Record-setting heat on Saturday. Just spectacular yesterday. It's actually cool in the morning. Maybe a little bit nippy yesterday morning. I'm going to take a shot and say an African dude is going to win the Boston Marathon men's division. Just a shot. Probably a good bet. You're not allowed to bet on that, though. You can't. You have to pick a, a person. Oh, you can't you just say bet I'm on betting it. on an. You can't. I just can't say I'm betting on an oh. African dude. They might have that prop bet. <laughs> they, uh, that prop, I bet they prop bet. Come on, find it. Find that prop bet. I don't think you can. But yeah, the Boston Marathon is underway. It's Patriots Day in Beantown, which uh, always a good uh, good time on a Monday. You're running right by your your alma mater right yes, now. Yes, they are. They're in Newton, Mass. Right have now. All, have y'all watched that documentary on Netflix that about the Boston bombings that just came out? Yes. It's. It's good, isn't it's it? Good, yeah. This one says, and then Bucky, we watched the movie. I think he said this uh, texter says, "Bucky, I've never paid a fee for an extension on taxes." Says uh, if you don't pay the full amount, there is an interest charge. However, the interest charge, yes, yes. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I called it a fee. Okay, interest. Yeah, seems yeah. to be a fee to me. Yeah. Well, interest. It's interest. You don't have to. You don't have to pay to. File no. the extension. Oh, no, no. You can file the extension for free, but there will be interest on that. Well, he says if there will be, if you don't pay the full amount, there'll be interest. Like when you finally do pay it, correct? Yeah. You're, you're getting interest paid. I mean, if you pay it in October or November, yeah, there'll be interest on that money that you owe. Okay. They're going to get some of the, a little bit of extra on theirs. What, what does your grandmother say about that, Ty? Your grandmother, the tax attorney. <laughs> I don't know. She'd probably have to... She says, pay the full thing while you can. Oh, no, yeah. She made sure. She she texted me a few times like, hey, get your stuff together. Call me. We're getting this done. I mean, I did I did it. She just advised me the entire time of what to expense, which I had no idea how any of that stuff worked. So I'm glad I, I know. I'll now. be using her next year. Sure. Yeah, it's free. She is? Grandma's free? Yeah. She's, she's semi-retired, so it's... Is that what she did? Attorney? She did a bunch of HR stuff for oh, okay. TGI Fridays, so I, I don't know. She said that she dealt with people's tax returns her for like thirty years. When she she got it done quick. What about that car? Where's that car at? Twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. You get the car. Yeah, I'm just gonna drive up there, drive back. Yeah. After the show. And didn't you try to do that last week and uh, something Wasn't went quite wrong? Flat tire. Yeah, no. The the mechanic called me because she took it to the shop just to get it looked at before uh, she gave it to me, and uh, there were some issues. 
that we're going to take until the 24th. So that's why I'm going up there. You there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, tie update. Good stuff. He did win a big bet over the weekend on NASCAR. NASCAR. I know. That, that was, I parlayed those winnings into the, the Clippers, Rangers, Nuggets parlay. Yeah, how about the uh, NBA yesterday? All th- three of the four road teams winning game ones in the NBA's playoffs, including the Lakers, had the Blitzer who's all fired up about the Lakers. And, man, that's a, if you have a team with with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and then Rui, Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves Austin become Reeves. your go-to yeah. guys, that's that's some pretty good depth right there. But uh, can they do it for the whole series becomes the question. Memphis still probably the more talented team. But, gosh, if you have LeBron and Davis, you've got a chance. I don't know about John Moran. His, his, the way he's shooting his risk. Whoa. Yeah, shooting hand for sure. He's got a, an injury now. So uh, we'll see where that goes as the NBA's real season has begun. No more load management, Buck. And we're taking nights off. We're playing. Oh, we're going to play every yeah, we're play in every play. game? Got to play. And you in play the to win each game now. Okay. Um, you know, that, that's what began over the weekend. Somebody uh, says, Ty, please post your grandma's website. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody not happy with their CPA. Hey, well, TurboTax usually, you got to pay like 100 bucks, but he'll get it done. He'll walk you through it. This I did be- TurboTax one year when I wasn't married. And does your wife do your taxes now? No. You have a you have a guy. I have a guy. You got a guy. I have a guy. Yes. There you go. Next year you use Ty's grandma. Yes. I may be needing a new guy. All right, we're in on that. All right. Uh, can we hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming off of uh, spring game twenty and twenty three? Longhorns uh, orange team played the white team. White team won at twenty one to ten. Was your final score? And uh, Steve, uh, Quinn Ewers led three. Scoring drives in that first half, he capped it off with a touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell, Adonis Mitchell across the middle uh, at the end of the first half because they went pretty much running clock and, except for inside the final four minutes of each half. Uh, they went running clock. So game went pretty quick, but they did have you know four 15-minute quarters, and they had a halftime. Uh, and the orange team, the, the white team won the ball game. Uh, final score, 21-10. Uh, we talked about it throughout the course of the morning. Your, your takeaways, Buck, were... What's your when after talking about it now for three hours? What did you? What were your? Where where are you on this team right now? Are you still uh, feeling I, no excuse to her? Or? Well, there's still no excuse to her. No, they've got too much too much talent. I'm still not quite sure who will be the who's going to be the bell cow running back. I mean, there may be two or three of them, or five or six of them. Who knows? But I still think they've got a, they've got some work to do at that position. The offensive line will be much better by the time the summertime is over with. When they have all their pieces together and that same offensive line is together, the wide receiver room should be outstanding. And I think the quarterback room is stronger. I, I mean, defensively, it's just too hard. To, it's too hard for me to tell defensively. No turnovers. Nobody caused anybody to fumble. Nobody intercepted anything. So it's it's just hard for me to see defensively until they really just you know until they get after it on defense. Yeah. Well, I I think the pieces are there, and that's the thing, right? Because you know the defensive side is the one. If you're if you're not allowed to hit the quarterback, right. and, and you're you want to keep people, and where you don't want to tear out one of your own guys, right. you want to put them in a bad situation where so, you hurt one of your own guys. Yeah, we're not you know head hunting over here. No, uh, but I look, I did see number zero, Anthony uh, Anthony Hill showing up quite a bit. Uh, the the freshman out of Denton, Ryan, uh, he was an active. He player. looks very natural there too. And Jalen Ford was active in the middle again, and he played all the way into the fourth. Dude, quarter. I was worried about that. That that made me start thinking about Priest Holmes stuff. Dude, he was in there with like two minutes to go in the game. Yeah. And uh, you know they they left their guys a lot of those guys in there. But here's Sark because uh, was is the pass rush improved? And Sark was asked not just specifically about this game, but did he see enough about this defense that the the pass rush, which was the the number one focus, is better? 
and will be better in 2023? The pass rush. Yeah, I did. You know, again, it's hard when you have to split those guys up because I think we have some good packages now um, that where we can get people on the field in certain combinations and they can be very disruptive. And, and you can count on certain guys that are nowhere penetrator types that can affect the quarterback and other guys that can clean things up. Uh, I think our linebackers are, are good rushers as well. So all in all, I, I feel good about it. Um, is there a potential we may add a guy here or there? We'll see. Nobody knows the portal opened today, so I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but the reality of it is the, the, the roster we have up there up front, I feel good about. Okay. And uh, as we said, the, the, the portal is open. Opened on Saturday. Longhorns have four players in it, but uh, four guys that uh, – you know, I don't think we're going to be major contributors for the Longhorns in 2023 either anyway. so, uh, But, yeah, Sark said we, we may be looking for – and there may be more guys on this roster who end up in the portal. And all that shakes out here after spring because, as Sark said, we'll, we'll keep them for another week, do some diagnostics on them, see where their bodies are, and then give them some time off between now and Memorial Day. And then they'll come back Memorial Day and, you know, hit the summer workouts um, June, July. And then they're back for camp and uh, September 2nd against the Rice – Owls. Uh, how about uh, the quarterbacks? Sark was asked about a quarterback pecking order. Um, Quinn Ewers, of course, was the, the starter. Rush. Uh, um, Quinn Ewers, of course, was the starter and ran with the the white team. Meanwhile, it was Mar- Malik Murphy and Arch Manning rotating as quarterback of the orange team, and uh, Malik really performed well. Here's Sark on uh, the pecking order, where it stands right now. The beauty of it is I don't have to establish a pecking order right now. That's the beauty of it. We have, I have another 29 practices to go in fall camp. Um, I think to be fair to all these guys, you know, like Malik, that was his first spring that he ever had. He didn't get spring a year ago. And of that, he missed the first about five practices before he really was able to go in team drills. So what does that look like moving forward? Arch, those are his first 15 practices of his life in college. So sometimes, you know, we can rush to judgment on where guys are at. I think it's pretty clear to say, you know, Quinn's our starting quarterback and we feel very good about that. Um, But I don't ever want to take the stinger of these other guys that they're not competing for something, that they're not striving for something (laughs) because they're all talented players. They're great teammates with one another. And um, I think they all appreciate how hard each of them work. And I think we're in a very fortunate position to have three quality guys in that room that that work the way that they do. I think if that's, uh, you know, as he said, we know what Quinn is. Quinn's working on his body and working on his footwork and, um, you know, he was efficient when he was in. He wasn't perfect, but he was efficient. And then, you know, the one that really opened up eyes was Malik Murphy with his, you know, just ability to stand tall in the pocket, deliver a tight football, uh, quick release. Malik Murphy was impressive. Dude, he's a big guy. He's big. You know, he's imposing. I mean, this is – well, I mean, you're watching this and you're thinking, well, Quinn yours is going to play in the NFL eventually. Arch Manning is projecting to the National Football League. Then you're watching Malik Murphy saying, well, that guy – Look at that guy. Uh, he is impressive. Here's Sark on Malik. Uh, you know, again, he was he came in the same time as, as Quinn Ewers did. He came in as a freshman from high school, so, but he's the same age as Quinn Ewers. Let's not forget they. If Quinn Ewers hadn't you know reclassified his graduation and gone to Ohio State for a semester, you know they they're the same age. Uh, but Quinn got to play last year. Malik was hurt and redshirted. But um, here's uh, what uh, Sark saw from Malik Murphy on Saturday. Bring. I thought what I saw from Malik was when he really started to settle in, um, he has natural ability to pass the football, you know, and, and he has a, you know, he's got great vision. Uh, when he pushes the ball down the field, uh, it feel it's natural. It's not like he has to force it or um, he's got a quick delivery and quick release. 
Um, and so, and I also think he, Malik's a really good leader. You know, he always brings a lot of positive energy every time he takes the field, which, which I think is great. So uh, it, it was awesome for us. You know, even this spring, he wasn't able, able to participate the first week. You know, we, we kind of had to hold him out and then had to not gradually work him back in. So the idea that hopefully we can get him completely healthy going into training camp where he gets that foundation of the installation, uh, I think the, the sky's the limit for the guy. He, he's a really talented player, uh, and I thought he showed today with, with making some of the throws that he did. Well, the, I, I, they'll all get better. Uh, that's the thing about it. Yeah, they'll you project all, what we saw Saturday. Right. Six more or 138 Absolutely. more days. They'll and, all get better. They get closer to real life competition going against somebody else. They're going to get better. Or with this group, you'll get left behind because they're talented quarterbacks. But you also feel confident enough if a guy's having an off day, see ya. You got to win games. This well, team has to win games. This, is a kid, this can't be about, well, we wanted to let him get a couple more throws. And no, you got to win football games this year. There won't be any excuses about, well, we maybe we should have put the guy in sooner. We, you know, we were wanting to let him get some rhythm. Screw that. You need to win football games this year. Well, and as I'm listening to Sark talk about Malik Murphy, and we know what Arch Manning is, both of those guys are, you know, really driven players. Both, I mean, the, the word on Arch. That's is what I easy. mean. That's why they're going to get better. Yeah, because and that'll push Quinn, right? Quinn, Absolutely. You know, Quinn admitted that he, you know, needed to get in the weight room. He needed to change his diet. He needed to get back to work on some things. Well, these two guys aren't going to back down behind him, and I, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it seems pretty likely that Quinn will be the starter, and Malik Murphy will will be the backup, and likely Quinn that Arch Manning redshirts, which has kind of been the the working thought since Arch Manning committed. But at the same time, you know, Malik Murphy stood up and said, "Wait a second, y'all. I mean, I, I'm going to try to be in this thing." And that's Sark didn't deny that. He said, "I want them to have that stinger." He called it. I want them to try to come get it. And uh, you're right. But that's you know, when you recruit good players. And a lot of good players. That's going to push. You know, you're you're playing for reps. You're playing for that starting job, and you have to earn that starting job. That starting be, job could come at any time. Yeah, and uh, you know, and generally does in football for sure. Um, somebody said uh, during the Colt McCoy interview, he said Malik is bigger than Vince Young. Yeah, no, he's he's big six five. If you see him doing the when he walks down Bebo Boulevard doing the player walk, dude, he, he stands, stands out. out. Yes, he is. He is. He is a his head looks like a defensive end coming he through does. there. He's a unique talent, as this texture says. He is. It's going to be interesting to watch. And uh, I, mean, I think a lot of people saw that and took notice. I mean, there was a, you know, that little, what was it, about a 15-yard in that he oh, threw? that thing went in a hurry. Man. And, and it, it got there decisive. way before the other guys could get in there. I mean, he's put his foot in the ground, and that ball was coming. And, uh, you know, really. And those are catchable balls. They stick to you, E. No, I think. You don't get a chance to drop those. They the stick accuracy. right in your gut. Well, you talked about the swing routes that he threw to the, to the moving receivers. Oh, yeah. Put them right in front, right, you know, lay, you know, led them into the ball which you want to see from a player. Again, we have not seen Malik Murphy. We've heard about Malik Murphy. We knew he was a highly recruited kid coming out of high school in California, but this was the first time to see him. And, uh, you know, that's, if that's the first you get, that's a pretty good um, first impression uh, that he made on Longhorn fans. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian, happy to see him. Well, they're well. all exceptional. They, they All three of these guys got exceptional arms. Uh, they do well. Look again; these are these look like NFL players. Big picture, Longhorns haven't had that at the quarterback position in quite a while. Um, you know, look when when Colt says he's bigger than Vince. You know, Vince was the last quarterback or player Texas. Well, the last time Texas recruited a quarterback who was the number one rated quarterback in high school coming out, right? Well, Quinn Ewers was the number one rated high school coming out, and then of course he didn't play his senior season. We remember that. But Arch Manning, um, you know, has that, and Malik Murphy is showing that. Wait a second, guys, I'm in this too. Don't forget about me. And, uh, you know, take notice. So that'll be interesting to watch. And that can only help the team is the competition between the three 
pushing one another, and that's going to make each other better. Yeah, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you're thinking that drives Quinn yours to find his his highest ceiling. And as you said, the footwork, continue to work on the mechanics day by day. Uh, you know, now that spring is over, you know, as Sark said, don't don't be laying up on the couch eating Taco Bell and Doritos. We need to keep this this body thing going, keep this mechanics thing going because. Or you won't have that job. Guess who else saw what we saw? Quinn Yours. Quinn yes. Yours saw Malik Murphy, and he's seen him all through the spring. Absolutely. He sees him every day. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So keep it going, and that's going to be the thing. And the other thing I think we all you, – you mentioned who's going to be the bell cow running back. I kind of I think we knew going in we weren't going to find that out in this game because, you know, the bell cow is projected to be Jonathan Brooks, and he didn't play. Um, and then, you know, Keelan Robinson didn't play. But you know what we did see. I think Savion Red's got a got a big bright future at the position. He still has some learning to do at that position, coming from wide receiver. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of natural running except for Blue, who was going against guys that. By well, the time Jaden Blue had the long run. Yeah, and uh, against the Orange team, sure. I mean, they've got because we said this. Jaden Blue is more in the. You know, Keelan Robinson type player, right? He's more of the right. ed- the edge player, explosive with the ball in his hands. But who's going to be the thumper? Who's going to be the guy between the tackles? Probably Jonathan Brooks when I they would get think back so, to the yes. ball because we've seen him play. And and you know, C.J. Baxter has to continue to develop. But again, he's one of those thirteen kids who should be a senior in high school right now. That was out there performing, wearing number four. So we'll all look for that. But what you did see. With the quarterback play is weapons. I mean, that's the number one thing that, that Sark talked about was we've got multiple guys who can create an explosive play. We've got multiple guys who can stress a defense. Yeah, you know, Cook's going to make you happy. If he's, if he's healthy and, you know, he's, and, you know, he's getting stronger, you know, he's just getting here and stuff, he's going to make you happy for the next couple of years because he looks like he's got that it factor as a wide receiver, yeah, catch and run. Cook. But your top four, I mean, you, we didn't see Isaiah Nayor, but we did see – we, X-Man's the X-Man, right? He's wearing number one now. Right. He's going to be the go-to. But guess who's going to press him to be the, the focal point of the, of the passing game? A.D. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell on the other side said, wait a second. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been in Georgia. I won national championships. I'm going to be a go-to guy. And then, you know, that, that competition for balls, Jordan Whittington admitted after the, uh, the game. I watched his interview on the LHN with the guys, and he said, you know, he's, he, was, he played about 215 last year, but he wanted to get lighter. He's down to like 202. And he played like a more explosive player he on did. Saturday. Uh, he understands that um, you know what this offense can be. And then you know again we didn't see Nayor, but we know Jatavion Sanders can be a weapon in the passing game. And Sark talked about it: the ability to stress a defense by creating one-on-one problems. Right? You can't double everybody. I hear Rod Babers talk about it all the time on the afternoon show. The math equation. You know, you got eleven guys, right? But you you can only double team, you know, one guy. Uh, and you can if you want to help out in the run game. Well, now you're even limiting what you can do there. Sure. So this is, and again, it's shades of what Sark had at Alabama, which is just so many weapons that what do you do? And all, you, all you're doing as the quarterback is finding the best matchup. Uh, who's a guy, I, I've got my, one of my great receivers on your third corner. Okay, well, I can, that's good. You know, A.D. Mitchell's going to win that. And we're gonna, that's where we're going with the football in that spot. That becomes a problem. And that's why the quarterback play from Quinn Ewers has to be on point. Because if it is, I think this is an offense that scores a lot of points. Well, I, 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 and for me with Malik Murphy, I just thought he handled himself. He didn't seem like he was nervous. Because when you have a, a guy who's played in front of you with Quinn Ewers, and then you've got Arch Manning who's come in there, and you've been sitting around for like a year, and everybody's wondering about you, you know, you get on that football field, you'd think you'd be a little bit nervous. He didn't look nervous at all. He looked like he was in control of what he was doing. 
the whole time. There wasn't a time that I thought, well, that's a nervous throw or no. it didn't get there. No, they very all look yeah, very yeah. He looks like a very confident kid on the field and handling the huddle and everything. Well, and if if you were in the building, you know that Arch Manning got a huge ovation when he weren't ran on the field, which everyone knows that story, and the quarterbacks know that story. But I think you're right. Malik Murphy said, "Hey, don't forget about me. I'm still in this thing," and I think he certainly is, and uh, showed showed a lot of promise in that spot. But that's what I, I mean. My takeaway was just the weapons. They just they've got a lot of guys that are going to beat one on one coverage. Uh, they're going to have a they're going to be a hard team to, to defend. Uh, and and you know they were hurt last year when Isaiah Nair got hurt, and you know. We talk about this with the Cowboys, right? When, when you need more than you can't just have C.D. Lamb uh, threatening a defense; they right. can defend that. You need more weapons, not fewer. Well, now when when, when Isaiah Nair got hurt last year and Jordan Whittington was playing maybe a little bit too heavy, well, it was really Xavier Worthy. So they forced the ball to their one top weapon, and then they got Jatavion Sanders involved. Well, now you got you know maybe three top receivers. If Whittington's going to play like that, on top of what X Man and what what uh, A.D. Mitchell and what they're saying about Isaiah Nair. You're gonna if you go four wides, man. You're gonna be a problem. Uh, you're gonna be a real problem for defenses. But you know we'll see where this shakes out. That's that's an exciting place to be. No, I think it's exciting for the football team. Yeah, and I, it's just tough for it's just tough on the defense. I I, I really like the two cornerbacks. I, I think people will have a hard time getting off of those long arm dudes. Well, and that's that's the other thing Rod and I talked about on Saturday is when when he was at Texas, the toughest you know pre- practices were tougher than games. Oh, yeah. Because as a coroner, I had to defend Roy Williams, right? Uh, well, you know, that could be the same thing for Terrence Brooks and Ryan Watts and Gavin right. Holmes. And, you know, they're going against A.D. Mitchell every day in practice. They're going against, you know, Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington, Isaiah Nair. That makes steel sharpening steel is, is really, again, that's the next step for the program where you go from where they are to where they want to go. Uh, is, is the practices are as intense or more intense than the actual football game. Uh, and are the Longhorns getting to that point? Talent-wise, that becomes the question. Uh, showed a lot of it on Saturday. All right, we'll come back. We'll pick up these conversations, hear more from Sark. Your thoughts on the weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What was, uh, what was on point for you? What was not so good? And what was just downright ugly? Every single Monday here on b It's Bucky and Aaron. What a weekend it was. Uh, Plenty of good, plenty of bad, plenty of ugly. You know, we talked about the Lawhorn baseball team, and uh, also told you that coming up at, uh, in the ten o'clock hour, Craig and Jeff will have David Pierce for a Monday visit to recap the weekend. It was uh, a series win for Texas, but came with its challenges on the pitching mound with the uh, the walks and the hit batters. But in the end, Longhorns are sitting pretty right now, halfway through the Big Twelve race, buck at eight and four to win the two games they did to get the Friday win, and then to hold on yesterday seven to six was huge. Um, you know, they they coughed up the Saturday game where they were up four runs in the ninth inning and lost it walk off ten to Winning nine. Winning is hard. When, well, in the Big Twelve it is because consider this that uh, Texas is is eight and four through their twelve games, and then Kansas State's in second place at nine and six. TCU dropped out of conference play this weekend and played what UNC Wilmington. They lost two out of three. They lost the Friday and the Sunday game in Fort Worth. Uh, you know West Virginia went into Oklahoma State and swept the took two out of three from from Oklahoma State in Stillwater. They're sitting at five and four in conference play. Texas Tech is six and six. Uh, Kansas, Baylor, and Oklahoma are bringing up the rear in the Big Twelve. And Texas will play Abilene Christian this week in a midweek game on Wednesday, and then they're going to play this weekend against Oklahoma. And this is another opportunity. Oklahoma is not a very good baseball club right now. They're four and eight in Big Twelve play, and they're you know nineteen and eighteen, just just over five hundred overall. Of course, they lost a lot of good players, and you know they went to Omaha last year. Oklahoma did, uh, but this team is not on its way to do anything. Uh, but 
you know, Texas has to keep worrying about themselves and figure out their their pitching challenges. But at the same time, they're they have a chance this weekend, Buck, and this week to put themselves into a kind of a driver's seat position yeah, in the Big Twelve. I mean, that's you know, you're sitting four games above five hundred if you can win this series. Uh, with the I think Sooners. it was K State that I saw. K State and Kansas play each other. They had like football numbers. Yeah, Kansas State beat the daylights out of Kansas. There was like a football score. Yeah, this weekend, they did. They, they the 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 in-state rivals. It was all wow. Yeah, it was all K State uh, this weekend there uh, for sure. And so yeah, so the Longhorns in a good place. Got work to do, and as we've um, maybe we'll hear more from Coach Pierce today. With and we'll talk to Coach Pierce on Thursday, our weekly Thursday visit on the progress of Tanner Witt because obviously. They need they need help in the bullpen. Uh, Zane Morehouse has been their closer, but he's he's kind of he's kind of hit or miss as far as the closer goes. And uh, he was miss on on Saturday when they needed him in a big spot. Um, so we'll see when maybe because if Tanner Witt could join that bullpen and bring that intensity and anything close to what he used to be to the mound, that would be because what what does Texas it's need right now? Time right now. What do they yeah. need right now? They need somebody that gets three to six outs in a big game. That's right. Over the weekend, and if Tanner Witt can just give you that. Uh, that that would be a, a really nice piece for this team because they're they're hitting the ball. You know, Lucas Gordon's been great on Friday. You know, and it's interesting. I, lo- I love what the blitzer said. The blitzer said that you know Baylor challenged Texas by getting up on top of the plate, and that led to you know control problems, a lot of walks, a lot of hit batters in that that series. And that's so- something you know, don't think other teams aren't going to try to copy that after seeing it this weekend in Waco, uh, knowing that the, this team may struggle to throw inside, especially when someone's on top of the plate. They're going to have to work on that, but. Um, you know, they Lucas Gordon has been a rock. And until Saturday, um, the big kid Charlie Hurley has been really, really good, too. He didn't pitch great on Saturday, um, but the Longhorns still should have won that baseball game. And then yesterday, they win 7-6. to six. So we're Speaking Coach of Pier- the Morgan Towners, I saw where they got a portal guy from Syracuse in basketball. Yes. Big, tall, 6'11", 6'10", kid. From Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, we do know that uh, Rodney Terry, is the Longhorns are hosting the big kid from Virginia, He's in town this week, uh, Caden Shedrick, maybe even today. Uh, he's a 6'10", big from, from the, that Cavaliers program. Uh, can also shoot it, but he's also going to visit Duke. There's a lot of people think Duke is the, the favorite here, but Rodney Terry and the Longhorns have been trying to make an impression. Horns have had, had a couple guys in over the weekend, and yeah, the, the, the portal madness in college basketball wow. continues. And football now. Yeah, well, football, it begins. It's opened back up on Saturday. And yeah, I think that's kind of the timeline for, for Steve Sarkeesian. You, now you can sit back, have your exit interviews, find out, who, what other players may end up in the portal on your team. And then at the same time, where can we add a piece or two? Uh, where can we – and that's, uh, you know, they, they've done a good job through the portal adding, you know, some starting – what they think are starting caliber players like A.D. Mitchell, uh, the punter that they brought in from Stanford. They brought in Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest. They they brought in uh, Jalen Catalan from Arkansas who didn't play on Saturday. But, you know, do they continue to attack that and say, you know what, we need – we're still not sure about the edges on our defensive line. We need to attack that. And see what pops into the portal. Yeah. You know what? I didn't even notice the kicking game Saturday. Uh, Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, that means it wasn't bad and it wasn't great. I mean, yeah. if you don't notice it, it's okay. You know, I mean, every kickoff went into the end zone. Uh, remember, they were doing it where the, the kick returner would have the ball in his hands. Sure, because they wanted to they get wanted it going. They yeah. wanted to work on returns. But you know, pretty much everyone ended up half, halfway through the end zone, which is what you want to see. They made it's a, good a field goal. They made their extra points. The, and I think you feel pretty good. Uh, about the punting because you bring in a four-year player from Stanford who punted and kicked for the Cardinal. I think you feel pretty good about that spot with, with, with Jeff Banks on the special team side. And did you see, by the way, speaking of special, did you see Jeff Banks' you know, wife and what she, what she was wearing? 
on Saturday? She had, did she have her gear? Ooh. Did she have her Longhorn gear? That was interesting. Was it Longhorn gear? It was all Longhorns. There you go. Longhorns all the time. Yeah. Longhorns. You, you didn't see that? I did not. Blow up on social media? Yeah, she, uh, Danielle, she had an interesting outfit. Let's just say that. Yeah. That, that took. That she still go by Pole Assassin? Is that still no. like. She doesn't do that, right? No. She's, no, she doesn't go She doesn't have that. a website or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, it is what it is. It is what it was. It is what it was. Okay. It was burnt orange. That's what you're telling me? That's, <laughs> you're just giving me colors, huh? Did you see. Uh, was oh, it a statement? Well, yeah, it was a statement. Okay. You know the end zone thing? Like in the end zone where they have the Bebo? Oh, yeah. Like the, the, the carved out Bebo sure. in the stands in the, in the south end zone? That's kind of what she was wearing. It looks like she cut that up day of. Slapped it on her boots. Come on. I mean, there's. Ty, give it's, us clear, your... it's clear what she's trying to she's trying to do here. It's what, a spring outfit. Team? It's a spring. Dude, it, it was, was hot. hot, dude. It was hot. I mean, it was hot that day too. It was really she, hot. She looks like a mix between a tennis player and a stripper. No, <laughs> a tennis player. Well, she wore it a was hot. Oh, it was, was a tennis skirt. Tennis skirt. Oh, yeah, uh, tennis and skirt. a visor. And a, a visor. visor. There you go. Yeah. Hey, congratulations to Texas men's and women's tennis. Both won the Big 12 championship over the weekend. Longhorns pushing towards that Directors Cup again for the athletic again. Success, success. Yeah, uh, they're bringing it. Uh, yeah, that because uh, and by the way, tennis had a huge crowd. Good for because at the at the at the game, uh, they were promoting come to the tennis match because it was against third ranked TCU. It's number one Texas against third ranked TCU in the nation. And Texas beat them on Saturday night, but it was free admission, and they're giving away T-shirts. It looked like they got a great crowd over there to see the uh, the Texas men's tennis team and the women. Both won the Big Twelve over the weekend. And yes, Daniela did look like a little bit like a tennis player. Says her Instagram handle still says Pole Assassin. Oh, she's leaning into that for sure. Yeah, well, it's her it's her handle. I mean, do I, would I look good in that outfit? No. I mean, is it something I look good in? No. I mean, if it's if we're starting fashion now, come on now. It's spring. I've well, been buffing up. It's it's uh it's 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 Longhorn flavored. Let's just say that. Okay. It looks like she bejeweled it herself too. <laughs> what is bejeweled? What the hell is that? That's another new one. Yeah, it's just like the you know when the, you see those shirts that have like all the little fake I don't know all little sequins and she stuff on made. them. She had that made. Well, both the Longhorns, like the Longhorn logos in her outfit, do not look like. A longhorn at all? On oh, there's, hat and I mean, there's, her there's, chest. there's oh, there's added stuff to that longhorn. It's not s- small like a longhorn. And yes, her her Instagram handle is still the pole assassin. That is correct. So, she's an aerialist. Aerialist in her previous job. You've met her. I have. She must be quite the lady. Very nice. She must I met, be kind of cool to I talk to. I actually met her. her at the uh, last year, no, two years ago at the Arkansas, Arkansas game. road trip. Yeah, yeah, she was at the tailgate. When that game did not go well for the Longhorns, but yes, got to meet her. Uh, very nice, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an outfit. That's what that is. But uh, as far as the kicking game go, because her her husband coaches the kicking team, yep, the special teams, and uh, they look good. I thought they were on point, and that's again like I, I you watch this team play, and I think Sark said it afterwards. I mean, the depth of this team. Because remember, you're splitting the team here. You know this, right? You're sure. splitting the roster. You're not playing as a team. You're playing. Apart, uh, so they were limited at some positions, and they had some key guys not playing uh, in the game, and then being very careful, like Isaiah Nayer and Jalen Catalan, and some of these guys. Well, here's Sark on you know what he really took from the spring and from the spring game is the depth of the team uh, better than they've they've had in a long, long time around here. 
I think the biggest thing we found out about our team is I think we have really good depth on this team. Um, you know, you can you can go position by position, and I feel very comfortable if the if the starter isn't in, the backup doesn't look much different. And I, I don't know, you know, I, we haven't been in that space here my first couple years. We've we've been in a space where maybe one position was that way, but at another position it was like, man, if so and so goes down, we're in real trouble. Uh, today I kind of feel like if so and so goes down a position, which we never want them to, you know. The next guy going in, we all feel very comfortable with. And I think that part, for me, was the thing that I got out of spring balls, that we have, a, we have depth on this team now to where um, we have a very solid two deep and at some positions three deep where we're very comfortable with the players that we have. And that, you know, should trickle into your special teams units too, Buck. When you have depth oh, yeah. like that, you're more talented in those spots. And we know Sark and Jeff Banks are, are completely willing to put starters onto the key, you know, special teams roles. Uh, to make plays and to you know change games on that side of the ball or in that unit. I wonder if they'll use Cook on kickoff returns. I'm trying to think who was doing the kickoff returning. Um, I saw Jaden Blue. Jaden Blue was back there. Jayden yeah, Blue. there's number another two. one. Who's number two? Jonte Cook would be number two. Yeah, I think he was back there. Was he? Well, that's yeah. good. That's good. The other thing I thought was interesting from Sark, and you probably know this having coached and been a part of spring games and, and the spring, is he said, you know, we, we experiment a lot in the spring. Like we – We'll move guys from, you know, especially in the offensive line or D-line, kind of move them to different positions sure. just to see how it goes. You know, because, again, there's no game to be played on Saturday. So you can experiment, uh, you know, maybe try out some guys returning kicks that you're probably not going to use or just see see how they react Or maybe you do use them. Yeah. Well, you don't know until you, until you try it, right? And, you know, challenge some guys. You know, you're trying to build some depth, you know, within or some versatility with, you know, offensive linemen that can bounce from position to position. Uh, and that's what, the, you know, you, you use spring to, to do a lot uh, foundationally, but at the same time, you can do some of that stuff. You're not going to – once you get to fall camp, Buck, you're not doing that. Yeah, right? I mean, you're, see, Cook is another of those guys that would be my punt returner. Eventually, yeah. Well, right now, I think it's going to be Xavier Worthy again. That's still scary. That scares me. I, I like it. Because has he put on, like, two pounds? What about Keelan Robinson? I don't know if he has those kind of hands, that that kind of ability, you know, to to go up and fly up. 15 yards and get... Well, I think eventually Jonte can be your punt returner, but I think immediately it's going to be Xavier Worthy because they trust him to catch yeah. it. Yeah, that's all you that's want to do. That's the guy you trust to catch it? Have you seen him drop a punt? No, but I've seen, some, seen him drop some balls over the past well, two years. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking I, about the punt return. Punt return, just catch the punt, please. Yeah. That's You don't have to go anywhere with it. You don't even have to run it for me. Just catch the punt. Well, And catch the ball. I, I really thought just my eyewitness of, of uh, Xavier Worthy, he looked... He looked ready to go. I mean, that guy is in his third year. I think you know this, that, that you know he was dynamic as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Last year, breaks his hand and is still playing and, of course, dropping balls and uh, body language not good. But if you then realize, wait a second, he's playing the broken hand, maybe that leads to some of the bad body language, that he's, he's not the player he wants to be. Can we hear Sark talking about Xavier Worthy? He was asked, you know, what has he seen in the spring? Does he feel like he's poised for a, for a great junior season? Because, again, Xavier Worthy could move on to the National Football League after this year if he has a big junior year. If he looks like he did as a freshman, here's Sark on the X-Man wearing number one now. I think Xavier's in a great frame of mind. Um, you know, like I said, when we came back after the break, you know, he fought through an injury last season that a lot of people didn't know, um, and he didn't ever complain. He just continued to work, and I think that 
um, in his mind, he's thinking, now that I'm healthy, you know, what could have been last year? And now what can this year become, you know, coming in healthy and doing it the right way? So I think there's good rapport with he and Quinn. Um, I think his connection with his teammates is great. And at the end, I don't think that he can worry about trying to win people over. I think he has to worry about being the best version of himself. Uh, and in the end, that's good enough. And I think people will love that aspect about him. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about the past. You can't do anything about what happened last year. That's gone. Well, you're not going to get that back. You can only get better from what happened. If you're healthier, you should be better because you, you know what we saw from him as a freshman. Well, I mean, he, no one can stay in front of him. I mean, his, his quickness is and his get-off is incredible. Uh, his first step, his ability to create separation. And these other guys will make him better. These oh. other guys are going to help him out well, an I, awful lot. Well, for sure. And, we, you know, to, to have an A.D. Mitchell on the other side, A.D. Mitchell might be a better receiver than he is. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's – that's pretty damn good. Uh, and Xavier Worthy has been record-setting in his first two years at Texas. He has a chance to you know, rewrite the record book in Texas at the receiver position if he stays two more years and plays in this offense. And then here comes A.D. Mitchell. I mean, he is a polished, smooth, uh, you know, everybody, we know the, the touchdown catch with the one hand was, was the highlight. But man, he had a, there was a third down play where he had to get seven yards and he got to the stick and a little, little, little in route, mm-hmm. uh, caught it in traffic. I mean, Geared he, down, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a good player. And then Again, I, I just I, I thought Jordan Whittington jumped off the screen watching it because he just he looks quicker uh, with the ball in his hands. I mean that guy is he he's on you, you hear his he interview. is Wayne McGarity to me. Yeah, and then he he was asked by the the LHN guys who who do you pattern your game after, and he said Debo Samuel. Now that's that's a big name, but you know can you use him as as that kind of player? Because you've got the you've got Isaiah Nair, you've got. Uh, A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy with J. Tavion Sanders. Can Jordan Whittington become that that gadget player, that uh, that X-factor player that you use a lot of different ways, even as a running back at times, Buck, like we see Debo Samuel do. Oh, yeah. You know, if you are if you don't know who your bell cow running back is, remember, at Quero High School, we saw Jordan Whittington as all. a running back. So that's not foreign to him. And we also know Savion Red is being developed in a similar way where he can mm-hmm. do a lot of different things. So you wonder if you see Whittington. In some packages, and again, they're not going to show any of that in the spring game. No, uh, obviously, and that's why. It, and that's why it's tough to me for defensive lines. That's that's why I wasn't making too much of. Oh, I wish the defense would have played better. Are they? Or I wanted to see somebody break loose. I, it's just too. It's too hard when during the spring you're just told about your quarterbacks. We don't want this guy getting hit. We don't want that guy getting hit. Please don't hit the quarterback's arm. E when he's getting ready to throw it into motion. No, yeah. Don't put your arm up and hit his arm. Don't bust his fingers. Get your helmet out of the way. So that when his hand comes through, that your helmet isn't right there. I mean, it's that it it sucks for defensive players in the spring because you're constantly being told, "Don't hit this guy," and you know, and you oh, want to yeah. be, you want to be, you want to be a defensive player. Guy comes across the middle, you feel like you got a good shot at him, but you know he's your teammate. You can't put him in danger. You can't lose a guy in the spring because you want to make a big hit. Yeah, no question. And you, know? you can see that. Uh, we'll we'll uh, wrap things up coming up. We'll get a quick timeout. We're going to hand it off to Light the Tower at the top of the hour, live and local all day, every day here on The Horn. Come right back. It's Bucky and Aaron. All right, good stuff today. You missed any part of our show, including the world's strongest man. Mark Henry called us in the 6 o'clock hour. Wanted to talk some Texas spring game and spring football. He was down there uh, watching the Longhorns as we we. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll certainly have uh, more conversation about the Longhorns this week, but a uh, lot to come as well. We've got, uh, you know, I, I, I'm on the short end of my bet with Ty with the Rangers and Astros. Rangers took two out of three, including last night. Astros just not hitting the baseball right now. Rangers, what the Grand Slam. Marcus Simeon hits a Grand Slam on an 0-2 pitch from Hector Neris. 
problematic. And for, uh, for the Astros in that inning, you know, Framber Valdez was great. He retired 18 of the first 20 he faced. And, you know, he's their best ground ball pitcher. So you, they, they gave up a walk to start the inning. And, and two double play balls that could have ended the inning uh, or could have gotten out of the trouble, they didn't make the plays. Pena and Abreu both had errors. So the grand slam turned out to be just one, under, one earned run for, for Valdez. But the Rangers are playing good ball. That's for sure. And they're sitting atop the AL West right now. Even without Corey Seager. Even without Corey Seager. And the Astros miss Altuve badly. They don't really have a leadoff hitter right now. They're trying Mauricio Dubon. Bregman is really struggling. Pena has struggled out of the gate. Um, it's just they no got McCormick right now. Either. Yeah, and the Astros are going to get Michael Brantley back shortly. He's taken. He's already taken at taken at bats in Florida. Uh, he gets back, and and Altuve gets back. They'll be a different team, but at the same time, uh, they're not. They're scuffling now. And the Astros get the the Blue Jays tonight. Blue Jays gave the uh, the Tampa Rays their first two losses over the weekend, Buck. Something the Sox a, couldn't do. No. And Tampa's pretty damn good. You know, the Rangers, excuse me, the uh, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays already already did double-digit wins in Major League Baseball in that division. And the Rays will be in Houston tonight. Rangers are in Kansas City. And there are two NBA games tonight. Game twos. Nets are in Philadelphia to face your Sixers, Buck. Another loss for the Nets. Say, your man, Joel Embiid. And how about the late game tonight? Warriors and Kings. How about the Kings in that first game? Those two Kentucky kids. De'Aaron Fox and Marcus Monk. Malik. Malik Monk, I should say, combined for 70 points. I know the Kings can score the basketball. Fast. They are fast. They are fun to watch. I got That's the Warriors a really young team, though. too, isn't it? Yeah, for the most. Yeah. You got the Warriors. The Kings are favored, are, are one-point underdog at home. And you're going with Golden State? I had the Kings in game one. I think the Warriors get it right tonight. Net Too Sixers, much experience. you have a pick? Uh, go go Sixers by 10. Now that's the nine. One, that's nope. the line. Nine. There you go. <laughs> 76ers a 10-point favorite tonight over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy the, the action tonight. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. Buck, have a good Monday. Get, you your, got get it. your tire fixed, man. Get that man. tire fixed. Why don't you try, try and do it for the AAA guys come help you? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull that out of the garage, put it in the driveway, and get it done. Just leave it in the garage. You don't want to be driving on a, on a flat tire. Well, I'll tire. just back it out of the garage. It's in inside of you the garage. You can't get to it from in there? No, I mean, I'm not going to get into it. My wife does not. We don't, we don't let stuff on the floor there. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're so funny. Hey, have a wonderful Monday. Light the tower. Next love, David Pierce in the first hour.